anyway, we got over there and I was, you know, I told the guys like, you know, I'm supposed to be working with, uh, I feel like I'm supposed to be working with some orphan kids. Mm-hmm. He knew without hesitation uh, where are we supposed to go. And it was just 200 yards up the road, okay. up the dusty road. Okay. So we went up there, went up the hill, surrounded by all these kids that were uh, in, in desperate need. Man, I had some clarity right there. Um, How clear was it when you saw those kids? Like what? Ah, it was like I had complete peace, honestly. This is why. This is why I was supposed to be on this trip. It was clear that Daryl, these are these are your kids now. Go. From the nonprofit organization Orphan Aid Liberia, this is the Love Period Podcast a show about the story of leaders, creators, groundbreakers, and pioneers currently leading movements or organizations who focus on serving other people who at some point they had to lift up their anchor and step out in faith into the unknown to where they are today. I'm your host, Jacob Burson, and on this first episode of the Love Period Podcast, we very fittingly talk to the founder and director of Orphan Aid Liberia, Daryl Roberts. We're going to talk about the vision of this podcast, the status of Orphan Aid Liberia, and how he went from a tool and die salesperson, and the story of what it took to step out in faith to lift his anchor to build an orphanage for 67 children to now caring for nearly 1,000 orphans in Liberia. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. So join me for this great conversation with Daryl Roberts. All right, hey, what's up, guys? It's Jacob Burson. The Love Period Podcast, episode 001, and we're sitting here at Daryl Roberts' kitchen table with a microphone on top of a glass almond flour jar. Yeah. This is fancy. It's not really like the best. This is the best studio, actually. This is much more comfortable than um, I would imagine. I've never been in a fancy studio before. Daryl has. Yeah, I've been in one before. This is this is better, though. This is We're going to step up to the next level of comfort but this is this will work for now this is where it happens i get to look at the fingerprints all over my microwave and sit in my comfy uh dining room table chair it's all good that's stainless steel whenever everybody went to stainless steel that was a bad idea (laughs) my refrigerator handles in my house feel like somebody sprayed grip tape all over them when my kids are home from school for the summer yeah so this uh this podcast the love period podcast um this is kind of one of those things that we have, we've talked about the past little while of something that we wanted to do with, with, with us and the team here at Orphan Aid Liberia. Um, and I think one of the big pieces of that is that all of us kind of in conversations always brought up other podcasts that we were listening to and value we were gaining from those podcasts. So with the built-in stories that, that we have at Orphan Aid Liberia and so many people we come across, leaders across different communities, we're like, we really feel like we've got a an opportunity to provide the value we receive from other leaders mm. that we've got enough that we've got the same opportunity. Yeah, but do it a little differently. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the being a part of this team, you see the different twist that there is um the opportunity that we have with this podcast of providing something that's a little bit different being an organization that is already doing something a little bit different uh compared to most organizations people run across. Yeah, I think it's a, it's definitely a, a good opportunity for us to uh, provide um, a, a service almost, um, 
but something that's a little unique um, with our own twist um, that we believe will be beneficial to all those that, that listen. And yeah, it's one of the things we were talking about is everyone's got a, we feel like, everyone's got a draw to, to something greater than maybe what they're currently doing at some point in your life. And whether that be stepping out to leave something that you're currently in or whether that be adding something to what you're currently doing, that everybody's kind of got a draw to, to what we call pulling up the anchor and stepping out in faith, uh, stepping into something that may be the unknown, may be uncomfortable. Our experience has shown that everybody's got that in some capacity to want to step out and do that. And I think that's part of what this podcast is going to do is provide an opportunity to talk to some people who've done that and what it took to go from from where they were to pulling up the anchor and going into what was next. Yeah, I think I think for most of us, we have something that's much bigger than ourselves that uh, it tugs on our hearts and uh, that, that burden is there. It exists, uh, even though oftentimes, probably more times than not, we suppress it, uh, we push it down. We don't want to visit it because it's very uncomfortable um, but ultimately, uh, for our lives to um, be fulfilled and to be satis- satisfied, um, to find that joy, um, we, we have to let those burdens rise and embrace them and ultimately chase after them. So hopefully that's what this podcast is going to be about. That's um, what the, the, the burden and the joy is that that's a weird combination of words. Yeah, it is. But, you know, once you embrace um, those those things that really capture your heart and your soul, um, then that's where I think you find true inner joy. Um, it's, uh, there's, it's it may sound weird that burden and joy go together and satisfaction, um, but they, they absolutely uh, they they work. They work. Um, but we just have to. We have to find that courage uh, to be able to uh, reach up, reach out, and like I said, chase after those things that uh, that really uh, get next to us. Um, and I think we, most of us, know what that thing is um, that that twists our hearts, um, maybe makes us teary-eyed when we think about it. Um, we, we kind of know what those things are. Yeah. It's just a matter of really stepping out. Right. Yep. And, and, and understanding and believing that, you know what? I got, I got my time on earth. Um, I need to, I need to, I need to get after it. Um, yeah. And that's what the time. Yeah. And that's what this, this podcast is kind of, I would foresee being able to dive into people with those stories when we have guests on being able the consistent thing I've seen is, when people start talking about what got them to that next thing, it was a, a building of things that happened in their life. And then there was a one, a moment that was a shift. It wasn't that that shift was the only moment, but there was a kind of a, an accumulation of things that happened over time. Hmm. And then there was the moment. And then everything that was experienced before that moment was kind of like a building process. It was a process that was put together that, uh, that I believe God kind of intertwined in building a person to be ready for the moment that he had for them, uh, kind of God's timing. Yeah. Um, and we'll get into 
your story for this podcast, kind of dig into that a little bit. But the other piece of the podcast that we'll be able to do, another part of it that we're really excited about is being able to, to talk about our organization, Orphan Aid Liberia, and kind of give a, a current event status and what's going on with uh, projects that we're working on there, our people over there, our kids over there, and, and things of that nature. So it's kind of, it's a, it's a good opportunity to connect people to what we do as an organization and keep people up to date and also to be able to, hopefully that other piece of being able to provide uh, a good value to people that I believe are, we're all looking for what is that thing going to help us to step out. Right. And I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about what we're going to be able to provide here. Uh, as I know some of the people we're going to be talking to, uh, I know some of their stories and, uh, I know that people are going to want to hear it about how they stepped out how they pulled up the anchor, uh, how they chased after their, their burden. Um, they're good stories. And I th- I'm, that's the piece I'm most excited about yep. is people to be able to hear other people's story. Um, not, ne- not, not really my story, uh, but other people um, and what they've done and how it's impacted their lives and how it's impacted the lives of others. Um, so I'm, I'm, I think that's going to be, that's, that's, that's huge for me. And I think it's going to be beneficial, and I pray it's going to be uh, impactful for those that are listening to the podcast. Yep, uh, yep. It's um, gosh, we just kept. We always were talking about other people's podcasts and yeah, things that we draw from different oh, podcasts from different types of sure. just different, all completely different. They're not all spiritual podcasts or business podcasts. Just having the opportunity to to provide value and um. It's almost uh, like a return the favor type thing. We've got a unique perspective and a unique approach to what our our plan is here. That's it's just going to be different. It's going to be it's going to be something that I believe will help um, help us to grow individually. But the the biggest thing is going to be able to to provide the people who listen and a, a chance to really reflect on what it is they were created for. Um, as every man has eternity wired in their heart yeah, yeah. that they see it. There's a, there's a reason why it's drawn. Like we, that's, I'm grateful that God has kind of through other people and leaders in my life have sh- has given me examples to see that that draw is God drawing. Um, and this hearing other people kind of expound upon what they went through is that's, what's going to be really cool. And I think what we're going to find, I think we're going to find a theme as well, uh, is that initially, yeah, there was a nudge there, you know, um, kind of had an idea, but never the complete clarity was not present. And I think more times than not, if, if, if you had complete, complete, complete clarity before you, before you jumped off the diving board into the deep end, um, you're the exception. Right. Um, but we have to, re, we have to respond to that nudge and allow clarity to be, to come later. Um, and that uh, through that journey, uh, man, life's it's it's uh, an adventure. But you got to respond to that initial nudge, right? And you got to speak about it. You got to talk about it. And you gotta you gotta meet with people. You gotta listen to people, um, and say, man, you know what? I've God, got something going on. Uh, God's really. I, I just got this this feeling. I got this nudge. I don't know exactly what it is. I don't even maybe ten percent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. Yep. But it's responding uh, to that nudge, that uh, that initial nudge, and taking one baby step every day uh, towards realizing uh, 
whatever it is that God has, has in store, God has planned for you. Um, and as you take step after step after step, uh, I think there's more revelation, more clarity, and uh, man, the journey's just crazy. Yeah, that's it's the, crazy. It's the that holy discontentment. Um, but I think that's one thing you brought up a good point of that it's a daily one step at a time, staying patient and persistent. That's kind of my two words for the year, patient and persistent, staying the course and just seeing that you're just, you just keep putting one foot in front of the other and then oh, before you know it. Man, that's that's been the story of my life for the last 10 years. Orphan Aid Liberia, we're in our 10th year now. Um, and it's been that one small step, one small, one, one foot in front of the other uh, every day. Um, and man, just to see where, where it's gone uh, from that time in 2008, uh, July, that little hill in the village of Balama, uh, where, where we're at now, uh, this month, uh, 2018, um, and just knowing that it was just thousands and thousands of little baby steps right. uh, to get to, to where we're at now. And knowing that we're not, we're not there and we'll never be there. Uh, that God continues, his vision for us is that we continue to reach out to these kids, that there's going to be more kids, there's going to be more work to do. Uh, you're never going to fully, you're never going to be done. This thing will not be complete. Um, but you have, the journey is that you have to continue daily to take those baby steps and, uh, and impact. The, I believe the impact in Liberia, the kingdom of God, uh, is going to be tremendous. It's going to be tremendous. So we have to hold on to that, that larger vision, but understand that at the same time, uh, it, to, to embrace that is so critical and to understand that it takes small steps to get there. Though. Yeah. Small steps to get there. And the vision uh, is going to change too. It's going to change. Uh, so we started out providing basic needs, right? Uh, food, uh, getting these kids some medical care. Uh, their shelter was almost non-existent, right? So God's like, this is where you got to start. This is what these kids need right now. And what we've seen uh, shift over the years is that, all right, Daryl, uh, this is the time now uh, where we really need to focus on the spiritual aspect of things, where you need to understand now the vision is shifting. Yes, we have to continue to feed these kids. They've got to eat every day. Uh, they need to be in school. Um, they need to be run to the clinic periodically. And our field team's running kids to the clinic back and forth uh, all the time. Um, yeah, those things have still got to stay in place and got to happen. But you got to understand that these, these kids right here have the opportunity to carry out the Great Commission uh, unlike anybody you've ever seen. Yeah, like early. They're early. They're, they're early church followers. They're, oh, that's, this is almost, they're like a New Testament, early, brand new faith believers almost. That's almost what it's like. And these, yeah, we, we totally believe that these hundreds and hundreds of kids that we are working with on a daily basis, uh, they, are, they are being built into a mighty orphan army. And as they age out and they go out into the villages or wherever the communities that they're gonna they're gonna settle and they're gonna live 
uh, they're going to tell great stories. Right. And uh, as my buddy Jim Pinkard, uh, he he's always says, uh, it's going to be a, a good day for the kingdom, a bad day for the devil. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I, I think about that that phrase all the time. How do we how do we make today a good day for the kingdom and a bad day for the devil? Right. Yep. Um, so. Uh, it's it's uh, it's just pretty pretty cool to see the vision shift, and knowing that uh, it's probably going to shift again. What's I don't know what's next, but right now I got to embrace what the vision is currently for uh, Orphan Aid Liberia for our kids uh, in Liberia, and uh, um, and you just got to you got to stay with it, take those baby steps every day. Well, every day. talking about the kids in Liberia, and this is the other part of the podcast. Uh... Um, that we'll be focusing on each episode is kind of the current events of what's going on over there. Um, maybe with the kids, with some kind of building plans, whatever, whatever's going on. Just a little, maybe a current update of uh, what's going on over there. Yeah, man, fun stuff going on. Um, right now we have two chicken houses almost ready for birds. They're beautiful, beautiful chicken houses. Uh, they'll both house about 150 birds. Um, Before you go on about the chicken houses, because you'd yeah. mentioned this. Is that to a me. weird place to start? No, it's chicken not. Coops. It's not. It's not because <laughs> I love what, eggs, man. What maybe you that's told, it. What you told me uh, uh, maybe about two weeks ago, it was something I didn't even think of because um, just didn't pop into my mind. Is that one of the things aspects that we're doing over there is educating on farming, mm-hmm. and this is a piece of that. And there was a I just really never really thought of why 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 chicken coops chicken houses so. Maybe talk a little bit about what the what that does for for them. Yeah. So, so the piece uh, there's a couple of pieces to this. Uh, one of them is that uh, we want to give them a little more protein infusion uh, into their diets. Uh, so the formula is that if we have two birds per child, they should definitely have enough eggs for each child to have an egg every day, in addition to the other foods that we provide. Right. Uh, so that's huge, um, and like I said, I love eggs. So I eat <laughs> eggs every day. I don't care how you make them, easy, medium, yeah, hard, yeah. scrambled, cheese, whatever. Bring me an egg. I'm, that's right, great. Right. Uh, so I want, our kids are going to have that. Um, those are pieces, though. Um, those are things that people don't necessarily think about. I mean, it was something that just never popped in my mind to even think about something that if somebody were to have asked me. What all does Orphan Aid Liberia do over in Liberia? I mean, well, they, they take care of orphans. Mm. And they have, uh, you know, they have a they have an orphanage and school, and they give them food and they they deworm. But there's a whole nother. That's that's that is treating. Um, that is like tr- uh, uh, almost like Tylenol for a fever. Mm-hmm. Because you're kind of treating symptoms of what is a, a another issue that needs to be. Resolved right. and and chicken coops and those kind of things of being able to self sustainment is what cures the the condition of now you're you're building the internal abilities to be able to raise their own food that's right and grow it so these kids they'll have there's good access to, to birds over there um, so yes as they age out all these kids I promise you are going to be professional chicken farmers uh, by the end of this thing they'll know exactly how to raise a bird uh, whether it's for eggs or meat or whatever um, all these kids will know and they'll know soon um, 
and that's something they'll be able to carry with them. So wherever they land, uh, I foresee chicken coops uh, and birds for themselves and their families and their children. Um, so yes, so that, that sustaining piece is, is critical. Uh, that's the other piece versus not only the, the daily uh, protein, but the lifelong protein. It's like an FFL, Future Farmers of Liberia, organization like that's, a club. Yeah, man. <laughs> Future, uh, what will we, uh, I don't know. <laughs> you it's, it's it, it could be E-A-O-L, eggs all over Liberia. There. That's, that? that sounds like some kind of campaign that's going to be coming up <laughs> soon with with a funny video to go along with. I it. see it happening, man. <laughs> oh, but all right, what so we're excited about that. Um, and those two are going up, and then we'll have as soon as those two are finished, we'll our construction crew will be headed over to uh, Caring for Tomorrow uh, to build a coop there as well. So one's at Lighthouse right now, uh, one's at Williams and Garblah, um, and like I said, they're almost. Uh, Absolutely, should be ready for birds anytime now. Um, so that's cool. We also where's, where's Lighthouse at? Uh, it's in Grand Bassa, Buchanan. Okay. Uh, beautiful little campus, but special kids. Uh, they have some Ebola kids there too. Um, good, good, good leadership there. Uh, so uh, we're we're happy to be partnered with them. Um, right, when you say Ebola kids, I've kind of brought this up to some people in conversation. Um, uh-huh. What what defines our Ebola kids that we have? Yeah, so these are kids that uh, lost their parents uh, during the during the Ebola virus. So uh, they come from multiple counties. Uh, beautiful kids. I think there's there's uh, sixteen. I think at, at Lighthouse. Um, so they have a significant number uh, related to their their entire population there. But uh, they're they're precious kids, um, just like our kids over here. Uh, so, but uh, so we also have boys dorm uh, at. Williams and Garbla, uh, you guys, uh, some of you may know about that. Uh, it's almost finished. Um, and these kids, 32 boys, have been sleeping uh, in a room about the size of this dining room table. Wow, yeah. <laughs> uh, on top of one another, man, uh, for a long time. And uh, so they're about to move into a uh, much larger uh, structure where, where they'll be able to spread out. They'll have their own bed. Can you imagine... 32 boys in one room. No, it's crazy. Um, but uh, the new place uh, should be done, like I said, it should be done any day now. Uh, the roof's up, floors are in, uh, plaster's on the walls. Uh, we got to finish the, the, the bathrooms. They actually have indoor uh, bathrooms, which is it's huge, which is beautiful. Right. Yeah, they won't know what to think about that. Right, yeah. But, yeah, they're, yes, yes, that's just something you think about. It. That's going to be such a, a life change shift. Yeah, yeah. So as soon as that dorm's finished, um, we've had uh, some people step up, um, and I've seen where the girls are currently staying. Uh, there's 28 girls there at Williams and Garbla, um, and they're like, "Man, this 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 can't continue." Uh, and they've stepped up, contacted me, and uh, so as soon as that boys' dorm's finished, they'll break ground on on the girls' dorm uh, nearby, and it'll be a very similar uh, facility. Uh, to one we just finished at Caring for Tomorrow uh, in, in Grand Bossa County. Uh, that dorm will, will look very similar to that one. So these girls will uh, come out of this mud hut uh, with a thatch roof that leaks badly, uh, sleeping on little bamboo mats, uh, dirt floors. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of rats running around in that place into a, into a new, safer uh, environment where they're protected uh, from outside elements, uh, 
the mosquitoes, um, uh, most importantly, uh, they'll have protection from those things. So yeah, the food, the shelter, um, all of these pieces uh, to the puzzle, they're huge. And these are current, these are current, this is like what's going on right now. This is going these on These are right all now. massive things happening yeah, right now. Happening this right isn't now. just like plans for, here's our five-year plan. This is stuff that's happening, being executed right now. This is that current event. Yeah. So let's think about William de Garblas, right? This is a fairly new place that we've been working with for just two or three months now. Right. Uh, so a lot has taken place uh, in that period of time. Uh, a need was presented to us, and we believe that those needs are brought to us by God, and we do not turn our backs. Uh, we we trudge, trudge forward those baby steps. Um, so we believe that those, those children were brought into our paths for a reason. And we went out and put an eye on it. And we're like, yeah, definitely some reasons here. Right. Yep. And, uh, and action steps have been taken. And good things are happening. happening. Um, so the beautiful, it's all beautiful, right? But the r- truly beautiful thing is that these kids know that uh, God, has, God has got their back. You know, he has sent somebody, uh, he sent a group of people, uh, and I, when I say a group of people, I don't just mean our, our staff on the ground there or our people uh, on the ground here in, in Georgia, um, the orphan aid staff. Uh, I mean people. I mean God's community uh, it, as it takes all of us, all of us, every one of us that hear this podcast or know of the work that's going on there. It takes all of us together. To make this stuff work, uh, I can't just point uh, over here and say dorm. Right. I can't just point over here and say chicken coop. Yeah. Right. You know. Yeah. And it just and and it just pop up out of the ground. It doesn't work that way. It's God's people. It's God's community coming together and reaching up and reaching out and uh, and showing that love to these kids. And these kids know it. They know it. They know that God loves them. They know that uh, um, they are not now alone, and it's it's cool to see. Uh, it's cool. It's it's kind of sad initially to see skepticism, you know, as you come into these situations. Uh, that uh, oh yeah, these guys are just popping by for some photos. Right. Yep. You know, popcorn and pictures, and uh, but then to see over time, oh man, wow, we've got food. To eat every day. Oh, if I get sick, they're gonna take me to the clinic. Holy cow! Look at this nice mattress I have to, to lay on tonight. Right. Yep. Um, and that's come from the all of these, all of these pieces yep. um, to, that they know that they have not been forgotten, and that they have uh, somebody that loves them, and that somebody is us. It's it's God, it's God's people. That is that is it. And that's the most beautiful piece of this. Yes, we can look at a dorm and say, oh, man, that is, a, that we, is an incredible we building. We did it. You guys did an awesome we're, job. We're done. But it's not, it's not the structure. It's the shift in the heart. Yeah. It's the hope that builds. Um, it's the love that's felt. That is the, that's the most incredible, beautiful piece uh, to all of this. I don't care, I don't care how, how good a building I can build or we can build. It doesn't, that's, not the, that's not the most beautiful piece. It's the love that these kids and the hope that these kids uh, have in their hearts um, and are able to realize through all of this. So. Yeah. 
Well, the other piece of this podcast is we have a guest on each episode where we're going to, um, they have stepped into, either stepped in faith into some direction or they were pursuing something else in life and they had some other draw to pull them into what we call lifting the anchor, stepping into into the blind. We kind of mentioned this already before, but kind of stepping into the unknown. Um, and it just fits this episode that Daryl here, our guest, air quote, who's uh-huh. going to be consistent on the, on the show. Um, yeah, so that we can just, uh, for the people listening that are brand new, so they can get an idea of you were not born building orphanages, believe it or not. So you actually had a place that you came from and a moment that was that there was that shift. So where, where'd you start? Yeah, so I'm a, I grew up in North Carolina. So around a bunch of Tar Heels. Hey, that's so, all right. Yeah, man. So as long I've, as it's not Duke. I've got that. <laughs> I've got that Carolina blue blood. So don't hold that against me, guys. Yeah. Um, but then I went to ended up at school in Athens and uh, had a little bit of red in there as well. <laughs> that works. Um, so, but from there, just kind of went on about my way. Uh, got out in the sales field and. Um, what were you selling? Yeah, I was selling tool and die. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very exciting stuff. <laughs> um, and also got got a master's in counseling. Uh, so I worked in the school systems for a little while. So what age were what, How old were you about this time oh, when you in the school system? I don't even remember. <laughs> it feels like it didn't happen. <laughs> it's been so long. So long, I don't even, I don't even know. <laughs> I can hardly remember yesterday. So. <laughs> um, anyway, it's been a while back. But I had an opportunity during that time working for the schools to... Uh, uh, one summer to take a trip to Liberia, mm-hmm. and uh, was that with a church? That was with a local church here. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, and I absolutely uh, did not want to go. How many had you so, been on a uh, on a foreign mission trip before? I've been on one with my dad uh, when I was a junior in high school. Okay, we went to uh, Brazil. Okay, um, but it'd been a long right. time. Right, so, this was okay. so I was I was probably sixteen at that time, and so this is thirty eight. Yeah. When, I, when I went to Liberia the first time, so uh, it's been a big, big gap there. There's a lot of uh, between then and between the the high school days and the 38 days, uh, there was a lot of a lot of self focus. You know, I wanted to do what I could do and get what I could get, um, and uh, not knowing that uh, July of 2008, all that was going to take a mighty shift. Right. Um, but. So you just went on a mission trip? Anyway, man, that was church. it. Yeah, you just I got went to on ask a mission to go trip? On a trip. I was like, nope, I don't want to go. No way. <laughs> but uh, so, what was the 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 status of? It's two thousand eight. Yeah, the status of Liberia in two thousand and eight. Yeah, it was they had relatively just come out of their civil war. They right. were just kind of, which was brutal. Right. So uh-huh. they were just kind of, air quote, stabilizing Dude. from that. They were trying to eat, man. As stable as you can be in that mm-hmm. kind of situation. So that's when you went over there for the mission trip. I mean, it was a... All you got to do is do a little bit of research on what the conditions of Liberia were at the time. Just to put a number on it, at that time, I think the average household income was about $350, $400 for a year. Um, so that's uh, that, that gives you an idea. Uh, these guys are just trying to scrape it together. Right, they're just trying to eat. Yeah, things were things were not so good. That, that was a, a mission trip that you didn't plan on going on necessarily. Man, I said no, and then 
I felt uh, I had just just had a nudge that we talked about earlier. Had a nudge. I was like, "All right, I'll go." You need to go. Yeah. No, so, I, so I called the guy up and mm-hmm. said, "Yes, uh, I'll go." And I honestly had no idea. Sure. Why I was going? So you go. Other on. than I had a nudge. Right. Okay. I had a nudge. So baby, go on a trip. Baby step. Right. Right. Baby, baby step, step number one. Well, that was a making step. a phone call saying, "Okay." All right. I'll go. I'll go. Saying yes. Yeah. We got over there and. I was, you know, I told the guys, like, you know, I'm supposed to be working with, uh, I feel like I'm supposed to be working with some orphan kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't feeling what we were doing uh, in the village. And uh, he knew without hesitation uh, where we were supposed to go. And it was just 200 yards up the road. Okay. Up the dusty road. Okay. Uh, so we went up there, went up the hill, surrounded by all these kids that were uh, in, in desperate need. And... Man, I had some clarity right there. Um, How clear was it when you saw those kids? Like what? Ah, it was like I was. I had complete peace, honestly. Uh, that this is why. This is why I was supposed to be on this trip. Uh, that and it was. It just was. It was clear that Daryl. These are these are your kids now. Go. Was there anything going on, like, spiritually in your life that was kind of like, um, I've heard some guys call it, like, tilling the soil. Was there, were you, was your soul and heart kind of, were you doing, was there anything kind of going on in your life that m- made you ready for that moment? Maybe, maybe stuff was going on. Right. But it just wasn't super evident. Yeah. Um, I was being prepared for that. Um, but... To pinpoint something particularly, no. Uh, yeah, that's. I can't. I can't think of anything. Yeah, that's that makes it even more super impressive. It's yeah, this is like it was an instant. Like, oh, this is why I'm here. This is what I'm about to do. Right. So, the, so there was clarity there, surrounded by these kids, and um, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking, all right, we can we can figure this out. How many kids was it? Sixty-seven. Sixty-seven. At that kids. time, at that place, and. Uh, I thought, yeah, we can we can do this, God. I I, I feel your presence. Uh, I know you're in this. Uh, I accept the charge, um, but <laughs> I didn't know that 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 was just one one little step. Yeah. In the whole process, and that how other things are going to be revealed over the years. So you thought orphanage for those kids. That checks the block, and we're done. We're done. We got this. We got it. We'll feed these babies. Take care of them. Uh, get them some new shelter, but didn't have, you know, didn't have the whole, the whole picture is not, not revealed. And even today, you know, that picture, uh, changes, that vision changes, that work changes. That's one thing I would need people to really kind of grasp is how many orphanages had you built before that? Yeah. <laughs> How many houses had you built before that? <laughs> or we could just go with a shed oh, or a treehouse. Sure. <laughs> sure. And that, and again, uh, another beautiful piece to, to all of that is, you know, I took that step and I felt God's plan revealed. Uh, and then I, I spoke it. Mm-hmm. I spoke it. That's a big piece. I didn't just put my hands, you know, under my hips and yeah. sit on them. Sit on your hands. I, yeah. I, uh, I didn't push telling. it down. Yeah. I, I started telling people. And I think that's a big piece is that you have to, you have to verbalize it. Um, you have to tell people what's going on, what yeah. you're feeling. 
and that kind of gives you that that little push uh, to continue to take to take steps. Um, and as I as I told people, they got behind it. And it was they like that's like it. personal. That's like self accountability. Right. When you put it out there. Now there's some people who could put something out there like that, and they're just always all talk and nothing happens. That's not the vibe I get here. Is you put it out there, so it was like a personable accountability that you. Could, I, now I've got it out there. I've said what we're going to do. Now I've got to go do it. Right. Yeah. So I've learned that that over the years that when God's put something on my heart that just you know scares me pretty good, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, you got to be kidding. Yeah. Me. No, not this one. <laughs> no, no, I can't. Uh, All right, fine. Then I have to. I speak it. I speak it. And uh, then it usually, it's usually Chrissy first. Okay, that's what I'm going to ask. So yeah. who hears it first? So then it just scares the heck out of her. You're not, right. So, so she's used to that stuff now. Yeah, she's like, oh, man. What, what? are you going to say this time? Does she, no, no, no. Does no. she? Just shh. <laughs> does she ever like. Uh, like Be quiet, Daryl. Does she ever kind of look at you and just wait? Is it, how often are you speaking stuff like that? Yeah. There's no percentage of things Daryl says right. that is ground. Man, a few times rattling. a year, there's usually something <laughs> okay. that comes out. We've gone from so gone from 67 to now we have almost a, we have over 950 kids. Uh, so Man, the, that's, so things have shifted a bit. Mm-hmm. Let's y'all need to absorb that. 67 kids, and now we're almost at a thousand. Yeah, yeah. A thousand kids across four counties, um, eleven different orphanages. Uh, that we that we work with, that our team we're at we're at these places every month, checking on the kids, dropping food, uh, seeing how things are going, checking on our projects. Um, so all those things are going on. So yeah, it's it's grown pretty good. Well, let's go back because one of the pieces of this is is that so you had the nudge to go on the trip. So you go and and find the sixty seven kids, the orphans. What was the next in in terms of career? Where were you at when you came back home from that trip? I was a school counselor. So I was out for the summer, uh, which made things possible for me and gave me some flexibility, made that trip. You know, right. I was able to take the trip. Mm-hmm. Um, so all those things played in well to, right. to what the future held. So we came home from that trip uh, totally wrecked. Uh, my heart was wrecked. Uh, my eyes were quite teary mm-hmm. um, regularly. Um, my heart had been my heart had been broken, and my burden was completely revealed. And I knew I had to I knew I had to chase after that, and and say yes and take those those steps to do whatever, uh, whatever it was right that uh, God wanted us to do. Um, and I, I te- you know we say when I when I say stuff I want to. Throw the disclaimer in there. Sure, there's always an asterisk. Yeah, that I on it. I 100. This is this is God. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not this is not Daryl. It's not Chrissy. Um, I'm just trying to listen and take and do what God's calling me to do. Um, and uh, yeah, sometimes I push it down and I hesitate and I ignore, um, and that's unfortunate, but. But yeah, that's that's been that's been part of it uh, through the process. Um, but we came home, and uh, man, we pulled in the driveway, getting home from the from the airport, and 
I needed some some major changes that had to be made. Right. Yeah. And that's what uh, that's where uh, a lot of people, you know, I'm myself in that boat of when when you know what you got to get what what you what God has created you to do or has provide has given you an opportunity to go do because He's going to execute it ultimately. He's giving us an opportunity to be a part of what His plan is, but it's still. Like you said, it's still kind of, you're still, it's all God, but you still got to be obedient to what that, whatever that thing is. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, again, that's, it's, how, been, it's been baby steps. How long did you stay a school counselor? It's been baby steps. After that? Yeah. Man, I don't know, maybe a year and a half after that. That's kind of one of the things not that. Not too much longer. Well, that's kind of one of the things that people kind of sometimes lose sight of is, it's not necessarily instant. You kind of got to feel that thing out um, because there's responsibilities in life that you mm-hmm. got to take care of. And you, it's not that you're totally stepping out into the unknown, but that at well, some point there is a step. How difficult was that moment? Well, I had other things that have come, have come into play. Right. Uh, that, that kind of assisted me in being able to, to step away and knowing that I needed, needed more flexibility um, more uh, opportunity, more ability to uh, take trips and do things outside right. of a normal uh, paying work. Right, right. Um, a normal set yeah. schedule, nine so, to five type thing. But yeah. however, I mean, you were stepping away from a uh, like a guaranteed benefits type situation. So it's still a, you know, when you step away from yeah, state job, government job, job at a big company or something like that you know there's when you're stepping into into faith sometimes like that there is there's always that that unknown of this this may not god what if this doesn't work yeah well just to put it all out there i i was i was selling real estate at the time as well right uh so you You had a landing i had that sure you i mean i had that right well that's the responsibility as a if (laughs) to be a biblical husband and father you got to be able to provide for your family. God's not going to call us to lack of provision. So there were things, but that's the thing is people should understand is it's not necessarily going to be, it's not difficult. It's not going to be easy. You've got to prepare yourself to be, um, you've got to be responsible to what your, you've got to be cognizant of what your responsibilities are and be able to take care of what you need to take care of. God doesn't, mm-hmm didn't call you into something that now makes you negligent somewhere else. So being able to be flexible and find out what that other thing is to help along the way. And I mean, that's, hmm. that's gotta be part of some kind of thought process. Yeah. And that's, then I think that was a, that was a big, big piece for, for, uh, for us. Um, and again, it provided all that flexibility, uh, that, that I needed. Uh, to be able to spend a significant amount of time right. uh, fundraising mm-hmm. and just telling the story and meeting with people and talking to churches and um, whatever else. Uh, that was that was a big piece. So, so excited about this season uh, for the organization um, and, and where we're at. And uh, I think we're ready to to embrace, uh, you know, what's next. Um, but at the same time, uh, continue to... Uh, build uh, what we've got going currently because right. there's certainly plenty of work to do there right. yep. um, and we need 
uh, all hands on deck. All hearts on deck. How's that? Does that sound that better? Fits, yeah. Hey. Fits. <laughs> um, who, how important, like along the way, maybe people who are already in that space of either nonprofit organizations or maybe leaders in the community or through this kind of 10-year journey, how important were people, influencers that may have helped you, given you advice, um, maybe shared their story, whether they, you know, stepping into this kind of organization like this from the from where you came from stepping into it and creating something out of out of nothing being a part of what god was doing how important were leaders maybe from the business world or the church world or the missionary world along the way helping orphanate liberia become what it is today mm-hmm. we wouldn't be where we're at kids wouldn't be eating uh, these kids at williams and garblah wouldn't have new shelter uh these kids that, that become sick and have are fighting illness, whether it be malaria or a deep gash on their leg or an infection, an infected toe, uh, whatever, uh, these kids wouldn't have had access to medical care. Would not have some of them clean water to drink. Um, these kids, most importantly, as I spoke earlier, uh, would probably uh, lack hope. Um, and there's awful. just a lot of pieces that would be missing if people didn't, from the get-go, from the get-go, uh, get behind this thing and uh, un- and realize that, man, that Daryl doesn't know what he's doing. You know, let's help him out. Right. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great, it's a great vision. It's a great thing that he wants to do. Um, but man, he's gonna need some help. He's gonna need some help. So let's let's step in beside him and uh, let's see, you know, help this guy out. Well, that's the thing is, it's just that kind of experience from those kind of people. The enormity of their support sometimes they don't realize what it does for other people's lives. And that that whether that was either positivity or some doses of reality they may have given that helped with with an intent to to build the mission not necessarily somebody to to shoot an idea down to ruin positivity but those positive words of encouragement and actual hands-on support provided have provided such huge blessings for kids across the globe yeah well it's people people giving us a a place uh for people to uh, make donations okay for their money to land uh, in order to be impactful in Liberia, uh, those people, uh, people using their great knowledge and uh, wisdom and skills to design buildings and yeah. solar arrays, uh, people uh, helping to know how to get some funds that uh, were necessary to get started, um, people making donations. Uh, people's words of encouragement, people's prayers, uh, people's uh, affirmations, people's interest, uh, people's compassion, um, all of those pieces uh, that, you know, that's, that's kind of where it started. And man, they just, they just continue to, to come alongside. And uh, there's a lot of, a lot of beautiful people out there. Yeah. And, uh, these kids are, are grateful for every bite of food, uh, for everything that they've done for them. 
All right, so for the people who have a, a heart to serve or they're looking for that next step or maybe they're stuck in a rut, like they can't, they don't know what that thing is, is there something you would tell them about taking that next step? I think what's worked for, for me and I think what would probably work for them is is to talk about what's on their heart. Uh, again, make, you know, make it public. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily, you know, you don't post it social media. Right. But go to those people that you're close to, or go to people that have, you think have been there, uh, where you're at, um, and, and have a meeting and just sit across the table with those people. Uh, talk to your friends, or you know, your closest friends, your family. Uh, let them know what that what's on your heart. Um, and I think, I think through those things, and for me at least. Uh, a lot of direction is revealed uh, where where you need to take that first that first step and oftentimes uh, as we said earlier that first step is is letting it out of your mouth uh, it's just spitting it out and it's not a huge speaking it it's not like it's a huge step it's not like that first step has to be something that is massively ground shattering it just needs to be a step just I, one one step, one baby step, and for me, getting things done um, has, has, has started with me letting it out of my mouth. As much as I absolutely did not want to speak it, uh, letting it rise up from my soul into my throat and, and through my lips. Um, and I think that's a, that's a big piece, but you gotta find those people and you gotta sit down with them and you gotta talk about it. And then I think future direction will be revealed. Yeah. Um, I know this is a, this may be a, I don't know, what's the word? Uh, this example that I'm about to give, um, for me, it was, it was big. For my family, it was big. Um, but uh, you have to be bold. Uh, God doesn't call us to be, uh, to sit quietly. Uh, he calls us, he calls us to boldness. Um, so in 2014, uh, Ebola was rampant in Liberia, and and I was watching the news constantly, checking on my staff uh, in Liberia. Um, but I knew that I was supposed to be there. Uh, I knew it. Uh, God had, had it was in my heart. You know, you're supposed to be on a plane. You're supposed to be on the ground. There's kids over there that that have nowhere to go, uh, that need care. Uh, they need a landing place. They need food. Uh, you're supposed to be over there. Uh, so I had to speak it. Yeah. I had to speak it. It wouldn't have happened if I just kept pushing it down, pushing it down. Um, and as painful as I knew it was going to be uh, for those that I was speaking it to, as hard as I knew it was going to be for them to embrace and understand, um, I had to I had to let it out um, as uh, I knew people were gonna there was gonna be some finger pointing going on uh, people were gonna think I was out of my mind um, and but no matter how difficult no I, I, I couldn't worry about uh, how that was gonna be perceived right um, God had put that in me and uh, if I hadn't spoken it if I hadn't let it come out of my mouth I wouldn't have done it yeah. I wouldn't have done it. So I just think that's a, that's a big, 
big piece, no matter how scary it is or how crazy you think people are going to think you are, you don't worry about those things. Speak it, let it out, let other people give you direction. Mm-hmm. And if they, if they, if they, uh, if they don't have your back, which it's probably going to happen, you know, even some of the people that are closest to you, um, you continue to speak it, um, speak it to somebody else, you know, um, but continue to take those, those, those steps. Uh, and, and remember, let it out of your mouth and it's generally going to take, it's going to take that one little step at a time, right? one foot in front of the other. Yeah. Um, but stay the course. That, well, that was an interesting thing. Point you just brought up was talking to people who have experience at some level of what you're thinking about doing. That's huge. Being able to have that kind of um, mentorship, so to speak, and carry, just carrying on the conversation of, of, of taking a step and getting it vocalized and vocalizing it to people who have already done what you're doing. Because vocalizing it to people who have never done what you're about to do, it would be like trying to get financial advice from somebody who's lost all their money in something, right? <laughs> you know, it's just kind of like you're, you're going to the right place to vocalize that. Right. And then you've got to vocalize it to everybody else, I mean, around you in your circles, but also have the <clears throat> have that conversation with leaders that have already been there or there who you can actually get some kind of advice and direction and thoughts from a voice of experience hmm. is big. Yeah. yeah, just vocalizing, getting out there. Well, man, that's it. Ooh, I'm tired, man. man. I'm war slap out. <laughs> 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 Go eat a biscuit or something. <laughs> Well, man, thank you guys for listening to the podcast today. Thank Daryl for being on the podcast and for us kind of this vision of where this thing is going to go. I think it's going to be really cool. Um, man. Very excited. Got some uh, got some good people to talk to. Yeah, that's what we were just talking about the guests that we've got lined up that we're going to have on the podcast. Just some people that are home runs in that area of, of folks who are serving in some capacity somewhere at a leadership level who had to take a step, they had to pull their anchor up Mm -hmm. and go, they had to step in a direction that was unseen to do what they're doing. Yep. All right, guys. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Take care. Bye. Hey guys, really quick before we go, we just want to say thank you so much for downloading this first episode of the Love Period Podcast. So, so inspirational to hear Daryl Roberts' story about how we got this organization at Orphan Aid Liberia, how he got it started 10 years ago to where we are today. If you'd like to find out more about this episode, our show notes are available at theloveperiodpodcast.org. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at theloveperiodpodcast. You can check out more about Orphan Aid Liberia at orphanaidliberia.org. And Orphan Aid Liberia is also on Instagram as well. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, you can do that in iTunes, the Love Period Podcast. You can also subscribe to us in Stitcher. Again, we can't thank you guys enough for joining us today. We look forward to the next episode. We hope this one episode was a small spark that's going to help light the flame for your passion. See you guys next time.